Nation Nail Salon and Grocery Store. Wait, she's at the nail salon and the grocery store? I'm at the Combination Nail Salon and Grocery Store. Groceries through Instacart, delivered to my door. I don't have to choose between acrylics and the grocery store. Chapter One of The Wonderful Land of Up. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Sandra Cullum. The Wonderful Land of Up by Olive Roberts Barton. Chapter One The Apple Tree Elevator. Rose, Dick, and Jim Dandy had run off. That is, Rose and Dick had run off, and Jim Dandy followed. Jim Dandy was a cat, a great grey creature with a tail as large as a fox's, long soft fur that you wanted to rub your cheek against, solemn blue eyes, white whiskers, and a tiny bunch of white hair on his chin, if cats have chins, which made him look more solemn than ever. It may seem queer for a cat to have long hair and blue eyes, but Jim Dandy was a Persian cat, whose real name would almost reach around the world. It was so long. At least it would take up a line on my typewriter, I'm sure. But as nobody has any time to waste these days, he was called Jim Dandy for short. Sometimes just Dandy. But here I am telling you all about the cat first, when you must be more interested in Rose and Dick. Rose was a little curly-headed girl, and Dick was her brother. Rose looked exactly like her name, for she was round and dimpled and rosy, and always happy. And some way I think happy people are like roses, don't you? Because everybody likes to look at them. Her hair, as I said before, was curly and beautiful, and a beautiful golden colour like that of a fairy princess. Her eyes were big and blue. Dick was taller and straighter and held his shoulders like his daddy, who was a soldier. No curls and dimples for him, no, sir. He looked like, well, just like a real boy, I should say, and that's the finest thing, I think. His eyes were brown, so was his hair, which was quite short. Just now he was holding tightly to Rose's hand and helping her over the rough ground. Come on, Rose, he said, looking back anxiously over his shoulder. Let's run faster. I'm not going to any photograph man and have my picture taken today. It's too hot. Besides, that old iron thing hurts the back of my head. Don't you wish there was another circus? Yes, I do, agreed Rose promptly. My, couldn't that old elephant eat a lot of peanuts? And didn't that funny animal with a horn on his nose have a big mouth? exclaimed Dick. And didn't that spotted one have a long neck, said Rose, laughing at the memory. He must see everything in the world. And did you see those bears having a really truly dinner party, said the little boy excitedly. And the monkey riding a pig, cried his sister. That was best of all. Don't you wish we had some more of that pink lemonade, went on Dick. And balloons, reminded Rose reproachfully. Aunt Margaret had bought each of them a beauty, and it was Dick's fault that they had disappeared. He looked up at the sky, consciously now. 
I wonder where they went, he said, stopping. I wish I hadn't tied them together. I just let go for a teeny-weeny minute, and away they went. It almost seemed as though they were waiting to get away. They flew up in the air so fast. I wonder if they'll ever come down. Mother said they wouldn't, answered Rose sadly. Then where do all the lost balloons go? They can't keep on going up, up, up all the time and never stop. Can they? This was too much for Rose. I don't know, she said slowly, rubbing her eyes with a moist little fist. The day was warm and the rough ground tired her sturdy little legs. Besides, it was almost nap time, for in the country where everybody got up very early, Rose and Dick were put to bed every afternoon for an hour's rest. Where are we going, Dickie? she yawned. Let's go to the orchard. Aunt Margaret and Mother won't think of looking there. It will be too late for our bath anyway, and they can't dress us up to take us to town. I don't want my picture taken, he declared again, and then, like Rose, he too yawned before he knew it. But he had a soldier's spirit and was not going to be beaten by a little thing like sleep. He gave Rose's hand a tug and started on again. Come on, he said. It isn't far now. I can smell the blossoms. Sure enough, coming out of the high bushes by the fence, they saw the orchard right before them, all white and pink, with a million lovely blossoms. It was May, and all the world was beautiful. How pretty everything is, Dick, exclaimed Rose, suddenly forgetting how sleepy she was. It's just like fairyland, isn't it? Do you suppose there are any fairies here? She whispered excitedly. No, of course not, scoffed Dick. There aren't such things as fairies. Butch Flanagan told me so. Butch Flanagan was the big boy who lived back of Dick's house in the city. Rose looked ready to cry. Oh, I wish there were, don't you? They're such pretty little things, and they make such beautiful things happen. Aren't you sorry there aren't any fairies, Dickie? N -n -n yes, he admitted finally, looking around to make sure there was no one but Rose to hear. Isn't it funny that boys rather hate to acknowledge that they like fairies? I wonder why that is. They were in the orchard now, and the trees made a great pink and white roof over their heads. Here and there little patches of blue sky peeped through, and birds of all kinds flew gaily about among the branches. Dear little yellow orioles, big fat robins, bluebirds, oh, just all the kinds of birds you can think of, almost. The daddy birds making a great fuss as they chattered to the mother birds, sitting on the eggs in the nests. Suddenly Dick thought of something and dropped to his knees. Dandy, he said to the cat, the birds don't like you. They think you will hurt them. You'll have to be very good now and stay off the trees. Dandy did not answer, of course. Oh, I wish cats could talk, cried Rose, little thinking that her remark was overheard by someone else besides her companion. In the meantime, Dick's sharp eyes had suddenly discovered something, and he was staring with all his might right up into the big apple tree over their heads. 
Look, Rose, look, he cried. There's a little house up there. I'll bet it's the one Daddy made when he was a little boy. Don't you remember? Grandma told us about it yesterday. Come on, let's climb up and see what it's like inside. Come on, Dandy. You may come too if you don't hurt the birds. Hurrah! Now you may think little girls can't climb trees, but that's because you don't know Rose, for Rose did climb this one, you see, as quickly as her brother or the cat. She had always been with boys and played with them, so she couldn't very well help learning to run and jump and climb and do all sorts of things, just as they did. Of course, apple trees are sort of crooked and lumpy, you know, and there are always good places to put your feet, which helps some. But anyway, they all got up to the little house in no time and crawled inside, and there they were, as snug as could be, hidden away from the whole wide world, except the birds and bees and something else. But I'm not going to tell you about that just yet. The little house had a door, and there was a window on each side so they could look around. Isn't it just great, cried Dick, who liked to use grown-up words like his daddy. Aren't you glad we came? Yes, said Rose, eagerly examining the little place where pictures and names had long ago been carved on almost every board. What do you suppose this thing's for? She had discovered an old iron handle fastened to the floor, a break of a farm wagon is what it was, although the children didn't know it, and wiggled it back and forth curiously. Dick pulled it back and forth too, but without any result. I don't know, he gave up finally, letting it go and looking around. He yawned again, so did Rose. They were getting very sleepy. Dandy had already curled himself up on some old straw in a corner and was taking a nap. Let's stay here all the time, suggested Rose. Big houses don't smell beautiful like this, do they? No, answered Dick sleepily, sitting down on the floor and yawning again. Rose curled up beside him, her mass of yellow curls on his shoulder. I hear something a-buzzing, she said drowsily. It's the bees, explained Dick, after the honey in the blossoms. Away over the fields came the faint tinkle of a cowbell, that, with the twittering of the birds and the lazy droning of the bees, were the only sounds in that great, wonderful pink-and-white world where Rose and Dick and Jim Dandy lay hiding Tinkle, chirp, buzz. Tinkle, chirp, buzz. How quiet the world was. How comfortable and quiet. Suddenly the little house began to move, slowly at first, and then more quickly. Up, up in the air it went, with a soft buzzing sound, exactly like the elevator in the big store in town, where Mother had bought them new hats. Why, it was an elevator. There was the bell ringing. Someone wanted to get on, likely. And there was the thing to run it with and everything. 
Dick knew now what the queer iron thing was for. The little house was really, truly an elevator after all, and they were having a beautiful ride right up into the sky. How stupid of them not to have noticed before that it wasn't a playhouse at all. But the most wonderful thing of all was the person who was running it. He had suddenly appeared from nowhere and was now pushing the iron handle this way and that and finally stopped the car altogether. He turned around then and when the children saw his face they were still more surprised for if his clothes were odd his face too was certainly quite as unusual. In fact the little man was very queer looking indeed and yet they liked him instantly. His little peering eyes had such a kindly look and the lines on his face showed that he was accustomed to smiling. Hello, children, he said in the kindest voice in the world. I mean in the tree or in the sky or wherever they were. Really, since that elevator began to move, I'm all mixed up. I just don't know where they were exactly. You see, when fairies begin to take a hand in things, we world people don't know so much as we think we do. Hello, children, repeated the fairy. Oh, yes, he was a fairy, all right, even if he wasn't beautiful. Rose was wrong about them all being pretty. Fairies believe in the saying, handsome is as handsome does. You've heard that, haven't you? And so long as they are doing nice things, they don't care a fig how they look. Although later, the children discovered that the little man didn't like to be considered ugly either. He was really quite sensitive about his appearance. How do you do, said Rose and Dick and Dandy all together. Yes, indeed, the Dandy too. The little girl and boy were startled to hear the cat speak and turning quickly, were still more surprised to find that he had suddenly grown to almost their own size and was standing on his two hind legs as naturally as though he had done so all his life. I am glad to see that you are more polite than I am, said the little man, but I always say hello so people won't be afraid of me. Now I'll tell you my name. It's Wisp and he made a deep bow. I'm General Handyman to His Majesty the King of the wonderful land of Up, and I was sent to take you on an adventure, so if you'll just be careful to keep your heads inside, we'll start right away. Ding dong, all aboard. And as Wisp moved the brake, the little apple tree elevator shot up into the wonderful world of adventure to the children's amazement and delight. End of chapter one.